One week ago today, the Earth was struck by a Super Bowl-eyed meteor at 9.37 Pacific Standard Time on Christmas night. I'm currently standing at the edge of the quarantine zone. Doesn't make sense. You can see what was once part of Canada's Yukon What doesn't? We have satellites that are supposed to detect these kinds of things. We had warning. We had a few days. We should have had months. Maybe it was moving too fast. That's your theory? But it was moving too fast. Didn't say it was a good theory. Couldn't radiation from it have blinded our satellites? <sighs> I suppose so. I mean, nothing about how this has behaved so far follows any of our models, so... What does that mean? When an NEO of this size breaks through our atmosphere and makes impact, it, it shoots off hundreds of smaller particulates back into the sky, making smaller meteorites that eventually fall back to Earth, but there have been no reports of additional fallout. Hey, Will, I love annoying sounds just as much as the next girl, but do you think you could turn it down? I'm just trying to contact Dad. He's out in the middle of all that, and I just want to make sure he's safe. Well, he said that we wouldn't be able to contact him for a while. On the phone. But he says if I use this and make fast radio bursts, it can reach him no matter where he is. everybody i'm rima and i'm sean and this is strange indeed a podcast dedicated to the show lost in space today we'll be covering the ninth episode from lost in space titled a resurrection what a resurrection it was or wasn't i don't know we'll get into that but before we do let's get a word in from this week's sponsor bzrk audio Oh, Rima, does your audio sound quality need to be resurrected and brought back from the dead? Well, I yes. have the thing just for you. BZRK Audio produces some really awesome, really well-priced tweeters for your stock speaker system. This will help extend the upper mid-range response. It'll add clarity and detail to voices, string, horns, and more. BZRK Audio, you can find them at bzrkaudio.com. They're also on Amazon, eBay, so you just have to search those places for BZRK Audio, and you'll find their tweeters right there. Again, they're a very good price. So just make sure you check them out on Amazon or eBay, or just go to bzrkaudio.com. And remember, when you go to BZRK Audio, go Berserk. Berserk. Thanks, guys. That's yeah, awesome. Thanks, guys. I learned so much. I don't know that I knew what a tweeter was until these folks um, came on board. So thanks for the additional <laughs> education as well as the great audio. <laughs> awesome. All right. I'm 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 excited to start talking about this week's episodes and I'm really wanting to hear what you think, but I think I'm going to steal it this week and I'm going to go first with my number five, if that's cool with you, yeah, Sean, honors, my friend. So... My number five, and I got—I feel like I got a couple more gripes this this uh, this um, particular episode. So I hope I don't bring anyone down, but I have to talk about it. I got to be real, folks. So my number five um, is just titled "Missing." So one of the issues that I had with this particular episode is the fact that none of the adults seemed very concerned that Maureen had been taken captive and was missing. That's a good point. Yeah. I'm like. Where's our lead scientist? I don't know. I'm like, she's kind of important, right? I mean, she's like one of the smartest people, like, that we've seen, at least across the season. She seems very, very smart, you know, not just woman, but smart 
person in general, and then definitely seems to be like the smartest person in the whole group of survivors with all the Jupiters. Uh, she seems kind of important to have around, but yet, hmm, here we are trying to figure out how to get off this planet. We're not sure if that mission um, launched there with John uh, and and Dawn has has you know we saw what happened that last episode. So at that point. You know, we're not sure if that's successful, what happened. Um, she might be kind of an important person to have around, but um, nobody seems overly concerned that she's gone. The kids are concerned. Yeah. You know, it's their mom. Of course, they're worried, but the adults are like, well, we have these things to do. We that's, just don't have time. It's kind of because I didn't really think about it because I must have <laughs> took it for granted. But the president, when he was talking to Will... Was like, mm-hmm. hey, you know, when we get off here, you can live with us. Like, he already wrote her off. <laughs> I know, like, he's like... Your mom's been missing for an hour. She's probably dead just like your dad. Right, like, well, we think your dad's probably dead, but we don't know for sure. Um, your mom's missing, you know, we're not quite sure what's happening with her right now. You and your family can come stay with us. And it's <laughs> like, um, can we at least find out for sure what's yeah. happening here? <laughs> we don't have enough time. We have 12 hours. What are you talking about? <laughs> you can know. let some of the lackeys go and look for her. I know there's there there are some people there that may not serve as high functioning roles. You know, there are some very smart people there. You know, the president's there. There's other folks there that, you know, may not have the capacity like, you know, I'm not saying Dr. Smith herself, but folks like Dr. Smith who maybe aren't as scientific yeah. in nature and maybe they're not as purposeful. So maybe, yeah, let's let's get some of those folks together and let's put something together and kind of figure out what happened here and try and find her or what happened or something. But no one seems to be very concerned except for the kids. So I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like if I'm one of the adults, I'm going to be at least talking about it and be concerned mm-hmm. like, yeah, we kind of need her. Um, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. A little bit of a gripe that they just kind of you know, overlooked that, didn't bring it up and that it wasn't kind of mentioned because she does seem pretty important. So kind of annoying. I don't know why I kind of missed that, but that's a really good point because I know like she was missing in the last, well, actually we didn't even know she was missing. We just know she just got clubbed in the head. Right. And so I just assumed, I guess, that more time had passed than what it was, but there'd only been like maybe two or three hours. Yeah, because clock was ticking. They yeah. the the resolutes getting ready to you know take off and and abandon them and say you know hey we we're we're worried about this black hole happening and we're going to take off so clocks are ticking and so I don't think much time has passed at all. But yeah, it's like uh, oh, Marine's missing. Oh well, she'll come around. <laughs> I'm sure. Not that uh, we she- could use her or anything <laughs> right now. <laughs> She, like what was her gig? Like she was a what a scientist of rockets? Oh, maybe maybe she's important. Exactly. So just a little bit of a gripe to start it off. I hate to start off a negative, but that's that's where I'm at. Uh, well, that kind of leads me to my number five, and it's a little bit more in perspective now. But I just kind of called it President V. Um, yeah. So he, when he was talking with Will, and again, now that you say it, it kind of seems more dickish. But at the time, I was thinking like she's been gone for longer than just an hour, like. To a point where, like, she's probably gone, gone. But mm-hmm. he was walking this very fine line of compassion and um, not really leadership, but logic, I guess, would be the best way to put it. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, you know, it's great that you're trying to reach out to your dad. You know, it's great to have hope. Like, it's a good quality to have. But you have to be logical and you have to come to your sense that he's gone. Like, you're wasting you know, your finite resource of energy on this when you know he's gone. But there's other things we can do. There's other things we need you for. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this was – I can't really tell if it was their attempt to show like – because at that point you're kind of like, okay, well, he's 
He's showing some compassion, but we see he's just kind of like, we got a job to do. But then he said a line which was really dickish when they're talking about heroic men. And uh, he goes along the lines of saying, he's like, well, you know, heroic men is, you know, like, you know, why do we know about heroic men or heroic people? And it's because, you know, and their sacrifices because, well, all that's written by the survivors. And it's kind of really showing Will, like, you know, sometimes being heroic isn't the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of curious if this will be if this will play out with Will at all because um, later in the episode when he was in the cave, he still went to help his. Did he go back and help his sister? No, he stayed outside, didn't he? I think he went in for a while, but then whenever they were deep into, like they had went farther into the cave when they started mining that biomass, then he was outside. So he didn't take the. Like he didn't take the heroic run and run into action, so I don't know if what the president mm-hmm. said played any part in that or not. Um, but the other thing is, uh, which I mentioned just a second ago, was uh, the president being like, "Hey, you can stay with us," which again was kind of like he cared. Like he's like, "We're going to open our home up to these orphan kids, the orphan Robinsons, and let them live mm-hmm. with me." But you kind of put in perspective. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, your mom's been gone for an hour. Like, legitimately, she could just be down at the leg. It's like, hey, since your parents are dead, come live with us. Right. Yeah, we, we feel really now. we feel really bad for you that your parents seem to be gone now. Like, your dad just blew up. Your mom is <laughs> missing. Or we don't really know what's happening with her right now. It's never really talked about that much, except for the kids, except amongst the kids. Um, I mean, although, yeah, I, I kind of get, I totally get what you're saying. I did at least like the moment, as, as annoyed that I was, that he, along with the other adults, didn't seem too concerned about Maureen's whereabouts. I did at least like that he showed some compassion towards Will and in, in the fact of like, you know, reaching out to him and was trying to, you know, you know, hey, once we get there, you can stay with us. You're you don't have to worry about what's going to happen to yeah. us. So I was annoyed on one one hand about, well, hello, how about we try and figure out what happened to his parents? You know, but I was at least you know, I like that he at least offered that. But then the whole hero line kind of annoyed me. And it's like, well, gee, you're th- you know, you're welcome, by the way, that his dad was brave enough to, you know, venture off when no one else could or would. No one else was throwing their hands up and saying, yeah. I'll volunteer. So, you know, I kind of took that two ways. And I was kind of, you know, nice to see a softer side because I've really given this this President Victor a lot of shit. But at the same time, I was like, well, you know, I like that he was he was being nice but however he kind of threw in a jab at the same yeah. time i felt about like a, john what they call it where it's like a backhand backhanded compliment, compliment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like your dad's really heroic but he's dead How but he was a dumbass yeah it would be written by me savior. <laughs> right. right yeah i mean it kind of it's a little bit more in perspective now with your first piece but uh but yeah it's just kind of seemed a little bit more of a president v well, leave it to me to bring everyone down, <laughs> down my dreary negative path. Um, that's okay. Well, we have some good stuff to talk about, too. Anything else about your number five? Nope, that's my number five. All right. So number f- my number four, um, simply titled um, Poop Mining. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, that's it, at the end of the day what they're doing, right? So oh, I thought shit, it was- it's poop again. Poop. Dealing with some poop, petrified poop. 
Um, so Will, you know, makes the discovery that the rock that he got from the cave, because he, he likes to collect rocks. He, and, and I can appreciate that. That's something that my kid, when she was younger, no matter where we were, this kid had to find a rock somewhere and, and like, cool. take it with her. She had this collection of rocks, and it was literally a box of rocks <laughs> that she had. And she could pick it up and go, I remember where I was. This is the city we were in or the place that we traveled or whatever. Um, and she loved rocks. And, you know, the more interesting, the better. Even there were some that were very not interesting. It could be, literally be like a gravel rock <laughs> yeah. you have in your driveway or something. But anyway, I could totally appreciate uh, where Will was coming with that, how he likes to collect these rocks. And learns that the rock that he got from that cave was not an actual rock, but waste. Now, we learned a couple episodes ago... Um, and it might have been further up in the in the beginning of the season that the Jupiters can transform waste biomatter into fuel, but they didn't think that they had enough because they thought, well, they were only thinking of themselves. Like, well, the the it would take us such a long time to be able to produce that much waste and then like transform it into the fuel. This, I guess, was already good to go. I don't understand. I won't claim to understand the science behind it. I think I think it's genius. I wish we could figure out a way. I love how like folks now are doing like battery operated cars. You know, like mm. you got Tesla, and if we could find out a way to also power our vehicles and and you know take away from the natural fossil fuels of of you know using gasoline and oil to somehow you know transform it maybe it already exists educate me people if if it already exists but somehow transforming that and like i mean you think of all the the poop from cows and whatever that we yeah. could gather up and use it as fuel you know it's um, interesting cuz that's what they used to use to like uh, start their fires on the prairie so it'd be yeah. kind of coming back around. Yeah, absolutely. Like like when it kind of hardens up a little bit and yeah, start a fire that way. I wouldn't want to roast any weenies over that or anything, ah, but flavor. you know, oh, gross. <laughs> no. Um, but if it keeps you warm at night, I'm all about it, but I'm not sure I want to roast my um, s'mores or my hot dogs over that. But I, you know, we did learn that the Jupiter has that capacity, which I thought was super cool. You know, hey, let's conserve some some energy or at least have some additional resources for fuel. I, I like that alternative as well, because you're not always going to have one resource available. So they they go back to this cave where they find out that it's apex predators um, which are at the top of the food chain uh, that are the creatures creating this waste. I'm not sure why it didn't occur to them because I know I was looking at it. Did it occur to you when they're walking in there and like the piles of this poo, how it's stacked? It's like, yeah. now what creature, there's no creature I'm thinking that squats and makes those things. These are coming from the ceiling. Yeah, that's it, a very awkward poop. Yeah. <laughs> if it's like a land animal. That was my thought. I'm like, you know, for a lot of scientists, it took them a little while to figure up figure out the look up. Yeah, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not this, you know, I I'm not claiming to be as smart or smarter than those folks, that's for sure. So I thought, come on guys, you're not dumb. If, you know, cuz I remember looking at going, that that that's not just like a pile of poo from an animal that is a like you said a land animal kind of squatting doing its thing. Um, it, it looks like it's dropping from the ceiling. It, it reminds me of like those, and I'm totally getting stalactites. stalagmites. Yeah. It, there's stalactites and the stalagmites. One of them hangs from the ceiling. One hangs, or one is coming from the water dripping from the ceiling. And I can't remember which is which. I'm I sorry, folks. Remember. There are always two though, because one there's, drips on the other. Exactly. So, um, it's been a while since I've been in some caves. I've, I've, I'm, I like 
caves and enjoying the caves as long as it's fairly open and not claustrophobic. Um, so it's been a while since I've been to the caves. I didn't look it up prior to looking at my notes. So sorry, folks, but you all know what I'm talking about. So I was There's looking at it thinking, it. yeah, I would say, yeah, don't rely on me. That's what Google's for. Get the most out of your search engine, folks, or I'll go ask Siri or um, Alexa. Um, but anyway, that's what it reminded me of. And I thought, well, so if you think of it like the water dripping from the ceiling and how it forms those structures, why wouldn't it make sense for like the poo to be dropping from the ceiling and also forming this? So I'm like, why did it take you so long yeah. to look up and wonder <laughs> what was creating that stuff and at least have a heads up? I know it wasn't going to change the situation. They were still dangerous animals, but at least it could have, I, I don't know, I feel like you know, they, they kind of came around to that realization a little bit late. So I really like that. Of course, they had to keep quiet. You know, they had to, you know, um, not wake them up. So it was kind of like, I don't know if y'all have seen A Quiet Place, but it was like poop mining in A Quiet Place, um, that movie, which was really great, by the way. You should go see it if you haven't. So I just thought that was really interesting. I really liked, um, you know, the the different resource of the fuel. I do, however, just feel like it was a little clumsy and how it was put together. It felt a little rushed yeah, and I, I just felt, you know, they should have just, I don't know. This whole episode kind of left me with a little bit of a too rushed feeling. And I feel like that was a little bit rushed. And I'm like, these were smart people. Um, don't yeah, don't this, be stupid. <laughs> this episode with that and a couple other things, like it really felt like this episode could have been the season. Mm-hmm. Like they could have built the whole season around these apex predators where they have to get in and get the stuff, but they can't go in. Um, right. Because they, they, you know, they were there during the night, but these guys didn't come out at night and didn't bother them. Um, they were making a lot of noise, I assume. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this. I feel like you could have made more of the season about the, these topics. And I think yeah. kind of stretched it out for a, a bigger payoff. I agree. It just, this whole episode was, it was like the shortest episode, I think, of the season so far. It was only 40 something minutes and it was the shortest, I think. And I think they just kind of rush it. And I, you know, last episode I thought was one of the best that we've had. I mean, we've all had some really good ones, but this last one was really great. And then this one was kind of rushed. And I thought, man, it's the penultimate episode. You know, we should have a little bit more time and thought. So I was a little disappointed with it. But um, that's my number four. We'll just, you know, talk a little bit about the poop. Well, mine ties in just a tiny bit, but it is the old code with dad. Mm. So as John is off fighting in the Middle East, him and Will have a code, a Morse code type thing that basically just says, hey, I'm okay. Yep. And we get an intro to that at the very beginning of the episode in a flashback, and we see Will trying to use this code after the explosion of the ship. You know, his thoughts are his dad survived. Like he's he's trying to figure out what color the explosion was because – Based on that, he would know that if it was this color, then he probably did explode. But if it's this other color, then you know part of the ship would have survived, and he might be you know in space or something like that. Mm-hmm. And we see him trying it through the whole episode. I think about the time you know his sisters are kind of like, "Hey, Dad's gone." Everybody's kind of giving up hope. He kind of plays the you know the will card of being like you know the hope. You know, giving everybody hope. It's like you got to have hope. If you don't have hope, then you have nothing. And, you know, as the moment his sister kind of buys in, she gives him a nice little hug. And they do the cliche of the week in this episode, (laughs) which is as they're in there, dad beeps them back. You know, somebody else, you know, he receives a message that everything is okay, except now that they're not okay because they've woken up the vampires in the cave. Yes. The creepy pterodactyls. But I thought it was interesting with this code thing, too, still, because the fact that 
you know, he was able to contact his dad in the Middle East on military missions was a little mm-hmm. odd. Um, but it still was kind of cute that his dad and him had this thing because I think they kind of have baseball a little bit. But yep. it's definitely a situation where dad and Will, you know, John and Will aren't like not a chip. They're off not the as block. bonded. Yeah. Well, Maybe it's- Will's Will's a little bit different. Like his dad's kind of like a soldier, a you know, a dude's dude, and Will's kind of you know, book smart, a little nerdy, nerdy a little bit. Yeah, which is okay. It's okay to be yeah, nerdy, but they just fine. they just have a little bit like not as things in common as like what maybe Marine and and Will have because they're yeah. both kind of oh, nerdy. Oh yeah, completely agree. You know, yeah. Judy's probably more up like more relatable to John. Mm-hmm. You know, she seems kind of like a you know a GI Jane type chick that is going to go out and like mess some people up. And Will's kind of like more, more Marine, more book smart. Yep. Um, but still it's always kind of like, you know, I've, you know, my dad and I are kind of like that. And other people are kind of like that where, you know, my dad's more of the outdoorsy kind of, you know, superhero type guy. And I'm kind of more of the book nerd guy, but whenever you have that thing that you and your dad or you and your parent share, even though you're different, it's, it's just kind of cool. And yeah. you kind of get that with this is like, it's their thing. And even though like they're slightly, you know, not compatible, um, they're still, you know, have something in common that they have as their own thing. I agree. I like I liked it too. I wish it had played out just a little bit better in this episode. Again, I feel like it was one of the things that was kind of rushed. And it kind of goes into my number two as to what you're talking about. So I'll just jump in with that with um what you said. You know, I, I really liked it that they did have a thing because it seems like Will and John kind of struggle because John's been gone a lot, right? He's a military guy. He's been on lots of tours. And even then towards the end before they all took this mission and got on on the Jupiter mission and such, uh, John had been gone for some time. His parents were kind of estranged. He signs up for another tour. He hasn't been around a lot. Will's only like 12 years old. You know, mm-hmm. so probably for a lot of his life, his dad's probably been kind of in and out. Yeah, uh, sure he's missed know. a lot of birthdays and... Yeah, and bonding time and such. So, you know, it's kind of sweet that they did have that kind of thing together. So I do like that they had something together. I just wish it had been introduced uh, maybe a couple episodes ago or something. I just feel like, you know, it was kind of rushed into and it wasn't set up. I feel like it should have. I feel like it should have meant more. And it should have meant more, at least to me, when we do find out that John was alive. I feel like it kind of came in at this weird moment, um, and it did kind of stir up the, the, well, I'm going to say stir up the shit because they're in the shit cave. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But, um, you know, I feel like, oh, it came in at this this time where it interrupts the the apex predator to sleep, and it just, I just didn't like how it came about. It was kind of one of those things that pushes the plot forward. Yeah. Like if we so, saw this in episode two or three where maybe like um, when they first split up, he used the code um, mm-hmm. to let him know he was okay this other place. Like it kind of played out over a bigger story. Yeah. And, you know, like in that episode, like it happened as he's carrying the thing. You're like, oh, I forgot about that. His dad just said he's okay. Yes. Instead of it being kind of the whole theme of the episode. Yes. And that that's where I was at with it. I thought, you know, they they've kind of set us up. You know, because they did mention before in other episodes about the the Jupiter's able to use a different a source of fuel, such as the the bio bio waste and biomass, whatever it was. Um, so I feel like they they did a pretty good job at kind of setting you up and and putting that out there. 
Um, so I wish they had kind of done that maybe a couple of episodes ago with, you know, when, when John and Will had a moment, maybe they talked about it. Maybe they had that flashback already, you know, to, to Will communicating with his dad in that manner. So I don't know. I just didn't like how they set it up and I feel like it just didn't mean as much as what it should have. Cause I was really waiting. I mean, and I hope others were too kind of waiting, like, oh, are we going to find out if John's alive this episode? And mm. I just feel like it, it, it was a little bit of a, it should have been, it should have been, I feel like a bigger moment and we didn't get that big moment. I was kind of let down by how they told how we found out. Yeah, see, Rainbow, they should have let us write these episodes because, like, you, you could have some kind of like walkie-talkie <laughs> that Will's been carrying the whole time, and you you just kind of flash to it, like in the beginning, like a quick mm-hmm. shot, because then it's the we always I always forget it's the it's the shotgun thing. Like you see it and you kind of mentally capture it, but you forget, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden at the end, of the, you know, when they're in there, you hear it go off, and like you're excited at first, like, oh my gosh, John's alive. <laughs> But they're like, oh, shit, they're in the shit with the bats. <laughs> yeah. I'm all about that. I, I'm not a very good writer. I'll admit I'm not the best at writing, but I can give you some really good ideas. And then here's an idea. Now you go write it and run with it. We'll do that because I, I can't claim to be an awesome writer. But, hey, I'm all for that. Anybody wants to sign us up, let me know. We're available. <laughs> Oh, uh, that's a good number. Was that four? That was my number four, yeah. So what's your number three? Number three is the robot reveal. Oh. Oh, I've been waiting and waiting and waiting. And again, I felt a little bit let down with this. I just, this whole episode, it wasn't all, uh, I keep coming around to the poop. Sorry, people, we're, we're focusing on poop today, or I am, I guess. Um, I was just really kind of let down. I was hoping it was going to be a bigger moment. And I feel like it wasn't, you know, they, they knocked out Dr. Smith, you know, Judy did kind of uh, knocked her out with that sedative or whatever it was just to get her out of the way. And then boom, there she is two minutes later, magically revived. And I thought, uh, no, that doesn't happen. Um, you know, maybe if it was like a taser don't tase me, bro. A little zap, you know, she can jump back up. But I feel like with whatever Judy had knocked her out with probably takes a little bit longer than just a a couple minutes for her to come out. So I didn't like that. Yeah, I agree. I made a note of that as well. Yeah. So, and then to have the robot, you know, I feel like it was, I mean, we got a little bit of it where he was, you could kind of see his little connectors fusing back together and such and him coming back. So that was kind of exciting, but I was really hoping that that wasn't going to happen off screen. I feel like we needed a little something on screen because we see him kind of coming back around and then all of a sudden he's in front of the, the, the chariot in front of Maureen and Judy and... Then all of a sudden, here comes Dr. Smith. She's magically awake. Wide awake and bushy-tailed, yeah. I say she didn't look groggy at all. I mean, She looked pissed. She's like, I've been taking this sedative all my life. I've built up an immunity. It's like, wait a exactly. minute, that's I, a movie. I'm thinking she needed a double dose of Haldol or yeah. whatever it was. I think she's probably, like you said, got a pretty good um, buildup of some drugs that, um, you know, she, she probably needed a little extra dose. I don't know. But yeah, she didn't look groggy at all. I'm thinking she didn't look groggy. She didn't look sleepy. She didn't look anything but just pissed, like you said. It was just a little bit disappointing. And then, you know, I was... Also, now that we see the robot is, you know, doing this danger, Dr. Smith, Mm. that 
after what Maureen had said to Dr. Smith, and I keep saying that in quotations, I don't really know at this point what to call her, but I'm just going to keep calling her Dr. Smith. Um, after how she told Dr. Smith, she's like, well, it followed well because he was so good and pure, you know, pure of heart. And now it's following Dr. Smith, which we saw earlier in some episodes, how Dr. Smith was kind of turning the robot. Like, well, you can't trust the humans. You can't trust the Robinsons specifically. And, and how he just automatically turned. So it kind of takes what Maureen said and kind of threw that out the window. And I really hated that. So I just, I was really wishing for more for my robot reveal. I feel like there were some, some key moments in this episode that we were waiting for, you know, to find out if John was alive from the last episode when the, when the rocket exploded, you know, are we going to get the robot back? You know, we saw the whole time with John and, or I'm sorry, with Maureen and Dr. Smith, you know, she's trying to put him back together and she's like, well, I'm trying to figure out what Will did and how did he get him back and all this stuff. And then, um, you know, he finally comes back after all this time and this is how we kind of get it. I was kind of disappointed. I mean, I'm glad he's back because I've missed the robot. I'm glad John's alive. I am glad for these things. I just don't like how they were presented to us and how it played out. I thought it just, I thought they could have done better. So I'm a little disappointed with that. Again, I feel like like this episode could have been the theme of the whole season. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of stuff you could have took away, like the whole light beam thing. Like you could have taken that away and built this into it. I mean, John mm-hmm. could have been gone for two episodes. Yeah. Uh, before, you know, it's revealed that he's back. Yeah, because some of it was a little filler-ish. And not that there were yeah. bad episodes, but they could have like maneuvered some things a little bit, like you said, and fit these pieces in there mm. a little bit. I feel like you shortened this to eight episodes and you kind of put this as kind of the the theme of the whole season. I think you have a lot better... I mean, it's still a good season. It's like mm-hmm. these last two episodes have really got me more like invested in it. Yep. Uh, but I think there could have been a little bit more puzzling together of the pieces that would have been a bit better. Yep. Um, but... Anyway... That that's my number three. I, I'm I'm being a real downer. I don't know why I'm being so negative today. <laughs> well, I'm hoping I bring back an '80s reference that you absolutely die for. Bring it and to me, my Sean. My number three. I've called the Lost Boys vampires. Yes. This this. I don't know what it's scene. in reference to, but Lost Boys, yay. <laughs> have you have you seen the vampire movie Lost Boys? Oh my god, like a gazillion times. Okay. It's one of my favorites. No, yes. Okay. I thought you meant like you didn't understand the reference. I was like, Rima. I'm not I sure what you're, I knew you. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're referencing in this episode. Oh but my god, there's like whatever I got, whatever you got. So they show up down there and like I got the vibe like when the uh the frog brothers and then we're going down into the uh, cave of the vampires and they go in and they stake their first vampire. Yes. Like I was expecting as they were running out, like Keith or Sutherland would show up. <laughs> And like reach I'm for him and his out. hand would burn. That'd be Gets like burned one from single the sunlight. tear. Yeah. Which side note, did you know that wasn't the teardrop wasn't written in the script? <gasps> really? Did he yep. improv that? Uh the uh um uh contact lenses uh-huh. he had in his eyes, like they didn't they were too big pretty much and they just didn't fit right and they really hurt his eyes. And like so irritated. it was just a real teardrop. Yeah. Shut up. So they kept it. I love oh, that. Keith I love that. Learned. Oh you my god! Masterful young guns, all that stuff. Yeah, I do. I love BA. young guns. Love Keeper Sutherland. But Staying by me. I I love that. Um, you know this ep- this this episode kind of gives you your first like big scare. Like they had the big monsters eating the moss. Mm-hmm. But this is where you're introduced to these apex predators. You know, there's these like super bats. Um, 
and again, like I, I noted too, like you said, it took me a little bit, or it took a lot longer than I think it should have for them to realize, like, oh, hey, all this poop is in like a, you know, triangle form. Let's look up. <laughs> yeah. Um, I know. I've kind of co- uh, coined it guano fuel, <laughs> is what I think they should That's be calling this. Perfect. Yes. And when we finally get them exposed, so again, they use the cliche of the week where the the radio goes off and it wakes them up. And they kind of did the other thing where it's like, oh, they can't see. They're blind as a bat. Get it? Because mm, they're... Hardy um, horror. Yeah. It kind of reminded me of uh, that Vin Diesel movie, uh, Pitch Black. Okay. Yeah. Where, Gosh, and, I haven't like, seen that forever. If they, if they made this whole season that, like, that would have been amazing. Yeah, you, you think? You know what I mean? Like, each night they have to huddle down because he's... Of course, that wouldn't be, you know, probably kid-friendly because kids would freak out because every night, like, somebody's getting picked off. Yeah, it's true. But as we get a good view of them when they come out in the light, like they look like dragons to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking of another reference here. I'm like, you know, like where's Khaleesi when you need her? Like she <laughs> needed to be here to fight up to like tame these dragons. Where's my dragons? But yeah, again, there was there was a lot wrapped up in those in those creatures. They're blind like bats. They're big and shaped like pterodactyls. Um, there were, there was a lot going on with, with, with them. They were kind of cool, but I wish we'd been introduced to them a little bit earlier. I know we were introduced to the cave, but, um, you know, I feel like there was a few missteps here. Yeah. And I don't know if, because like the, the, the planet's getting to the point where I think everything's going to die off. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that these, you know, super bats would, you know, probably eat a lot. And then when this planet gets into this cycle, go into the cave and hide or hibernate for X number of years. Like that, mm-hmm. that seems like what it had to be to have that much poop. And it's true. And like, a, like that would have been such a, like episode three, like somebody's getting picked off by something from a, like the sky. You're like, Holy shit, what's going on? Shit's about to get real. Yeah. Like they're all like, it's kind of like dusk and the light, you know, the light from the skies kind of come down a little bit and they're all, there's a group of them walking in the path and all of a sudden one of them just gets picked off. You know, maybe you just see a flash of this creature. You don't really know what it is, but it comes to find out it's one of these creatures. Maybe that's too scary. I know we're, we're kind of venturing off into, you know, we got to remember we're in a family friendly movie. We're not in one of our stranger things episodes. It is Netflix, though. It's like Netflix can get away with it. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But, uh, you know, it's a small complaint that, you know, they could have probably used these things more. But Mm -hmm. um, I still thought they looked cool. I mean, for, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, only using them for one episode. seems like they put some of the budget into this. They looked pretty decent. They did. Um, But again, like you said, kind of a rushed 40-minute episode where they kind of threw a lot of the the information and a lot of the situation at you in one quick kind of episode. They did. I just, I don't know that they set everything up in this particular episode like they should have throughout the rest of the, or throughout the season. They should have sprinkled some more of that, I think, throughout. And they just, I'm okay with the shorter episode, but just don't give me all the stuff and not put it in properly. So. Yeah, don't blow your whole guano <laughs> on one episode. Don't blow all the guano. Awesome. Okay, where I know we're on number two. Is it my number two or your yep. number two? And you already pinged your number two. I already pinged my number two. Okay. So let's go into your number two because mine was all about John and, and finding out he's alive. Mine's one that we've pinged on a little bit, but why no weapons? I mean, they were walking into this apex predator's home with yes. glorified sticks. Now, we, 
We've had that question before. There was something, I think it was maybe when we talked earlier about the creatures. And I'm mm-hmm. like, are there, is there no, uh, uh, oh shoot, what do you call it? Like an armory or something yeah. on one of these yeah. ships? Well, no weapons at all? Like a military expert or like a, a defense expert? Now, I don't know if this is kind of, if they're trying to play on like, this is a world without weapons kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think so because they're still the military. So it's not like a, uh, you know, a kumbaya, you know, everybody's friendly with each other type of world. Well, and it just seems like, you know, they're venturing and maybe, I don't know, maybe because, you know, I guess when we first go into it, we don't know, or maybe I don't know yet that they've made this, this, uh, uh, we know Dawn has made this trip many times. Yeah. Earth to Alpha Centauri, back and forth, back and forth. But I are they this is the twenty fourth trip. Right. So but don't they have contingency plans? Like what if something goes wrong? What if we come across a hostile on our journey, a hostile alien species? What if we do crash land or something happens and we land on this unknown planet with unknown species and these creatures that can eat us and we need weapons? I'm not saying you got to outfit every single person and every man, woman and child need to have a gun, but you should have like a small gun cabinet I don't know what it's called in space. I'm sorry, forgive me. But, you know, something that you can unlock and have at least access to a couple of guns for protection. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it needs to be a part of, you know, everybody needs to be walking around with one. But I just feel like you should have some sort of plan. Like, you know what? What if? What if it something bad really happens? What if you do crash land somewhere? Or what if you do run into hostile alien life forms? Mm-hmm. Um, maybe, we found- maybe, the, maybe the thing is, is like, well, we don't want to seem hostile, so we're not going to carry any weapons. But it's like, well... What Maybe. if you run into somebody that is hostile? Like, you, wouldn't you want something to protect yourself? Maybe, or like on this exactly. island, like on this planet, wouldn't you want something? Right, um, and that's a good point. I agree with that. You don't have to walk around with them and look aggressive or like you're going to hurt someone. Mm-hmm. But you know, you could at least be smart enough to somehow protect yourself. Yeah. You know, from something that's going to eat you. In in the case that that should happen, I mean, I know that like they've made the trip and stuff many times, and it's like, oh, nothing's going to happen. But you know what? It's like Maureen said, plan for the variables because yeah. you know something bad's going to happen. And, and we it know did. They can they can three D print guns, so I mean they they have the capability. They just need an override. But if if the president has the override, I don't understand why he wouldn't go in. And maybe every, that's the other thing too is like, what if everybody there isn't trained but John? Like I feel like you would want at least a certain number of people trained to keep you protected. Yeah. Because he, even if one person is trained, like what happens if they go off the reservation or something? Right. Or, like or they get lost. Exactly. Like he's the only one that has, you know, you know, this military background and has probably some type of military training or weapons training and, and that type of thing. And it's like everyone else is mostly scientists Mm -hmm. and, you know, folks like Dr. Smith, you know, that somehow are going to be contributing to this new colony at Alpha Centauri. So I don't know. It just seems like that there ought to be at least on every couple missions, and maybe there were, maybe they're all up on the Resolute because we know that it kind of went haywire at the Resolute, right? Maybe, so maybe, yeah. maybe the rest of those folks are up. They were, they stayed on the Resolute and it was mostly other folks that were abandoning when they called out the abandoned ship alert. Maybe they are. And we're just assuming that this is how it is. We know that this isn't the whole group. There were people that died. 
on the Resolute. There were people that maybe died whenever the, the Jupiters left the Resolute that, you know, we saw there were explosions and things. So maybe there were people and we're just making assumptions. So maybe that's mm. not fair that we do that. Maybe we should wait until the end of the <laughs> season and see what comes out of it. I'll just shut my mouth. <laughs> but I'm sorry, I totally jumped into your number two. What else did you have on your number two? No, I mean that kind of ties it up. It was just it's just kind of observation observation as uh the president's walking in with, you know, basically like it was like a glorified stick is all it was. It was like a spear. Mm-hmm. And I mean if if that's all you have, that's all you have, but you know, I definitely don't want to go diving with sharks with, you know, a stick. If I can have something that will give me a one up on a shark, I want it. And that's kind of what was happening here. I want a jaws size taser. Yeah. Whatever those things are. Nice. I like it. Okay. So number one, my number one, and this is, um, I feel going to just kind of bring it all around and that's the big technology reveal. So we finally got to learn what this event was that kind of sent earth spiraling into doom was at first it was reported and that's how it's being played out, at least in the media and with the government. I don't know this whole government and how it's structured, who's in charge. I'm confused about yeah, exactly, I am too. but um, whomever is in charge, they're telling people that there was this Christmas star or meteor that crashed and caused the events to spiral. And now earth is becoming inhabitable. But not only with that, not only did they cover up what really happened with this Christmas star or meteor that landed, it was this technology that they've been given for this intergalactic or interspace travel. They've been given. They've been given or they decided to, uh, in quotes, borrow. (laughs) So I just thought that was interesting that we finally, because it's been bugging the crap out of me for weeks that we've been covering I'm like well what happened why aren't we ever going to know why aren't they I mean maybe it's not important that some type of event I mean we you and I both kind of assumed it was some type of like meteor that hit because mm. it seems to kind of follow the the conditions and little tidbits that we get here and there so we kind of you know figured that and that's of course how they played it so I thought that was really interesting now there's this huge cover-up you know and that you know maybe we brought this on ourselves you know, with the the resolute being attacked um, after all this time, these robot creatures, whoever it is, these robot creatures, um, the sentient life form has found out. Hey, you got our stuff, and you can't have it. You shouldn't have it. You could just look. You don't know how to be responsible with it, and you shouldn't have it. You stole it. Um, that they kind of brought it on themselves. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out in the next episode. What do you think about all that? Uh, this is actually my number one is the conspiracy theory. So, mm-hmm. you know, we get the, and again, like this could have been like sprinkled throughout the first season, but you know, I you know. get Maureen sitting there as they're talking about this meteorite crashing and she's like, it just uh, something doesn't sit right. Like, you know, whenever this would happen, there would be this event where there'd be almost like aftershocks of little meteors falling back to earth. And that's not happening. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see, I think the big, big reveal is that Marine built are basically designed with her team, the resolute. Yeah. She was the lead designer in her, I called him Dr. Baldy. Dr. Baldy <laughs> like stole it, you know, right from under. Her. Yeah. And uh, it seems like she came up with the theory of it and maybe the design or what could be the design, but it wasn't until they stole this alien technology that they were able to uh, basically 
create the resolute. So the meteor was a cover for this. And I don't know if that was getting it into earth because it was so big or, but that was the event that kind of allowed them to get the resolute technology on earth and use it. Uh, let's see. Um, the one thing I thought was interesting is when they go on the alien ship mm-hmm. and Maureen and Dr. Smith are trying to figure out like all this stuff. And it's like legitimately like if somebody from like the 1400s came into like today's age, like, could you yes. imagine giving them a phone? Like what, what would they do with this thing? Like they would have no idea like what to touch, what to press, like what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was kind of an interesting little bit. Um, but yeah, that, I mean, that kind of ties in. I mean, everything you've kind of said already kind of ties into it, but um, the other little thing was, uh, so we see um, Judy and Will, or no, I'm sorry, Penny and Will kind of mimicking Dr. Smith and Marine. So Dr. <laughs> Smith and Marine are on the alien ship, like trying to figure out this restricted area. They flash back to Penny and Will when they were kind of doing the same thing. So I thought that was kind of an interesting compare and contrast. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, and and you know, as as much as what I'm kind of crapping all over this episode, there there were some really good things. I mean, we at least got some good things. We did get the robot back. It may not have been in the way that I would have liked or how I feel like he could have better been served. I was happy that John, you know, we find out that in some capacity, we don't know where, we don't know how or anything like that, but we we feel he's alive and we feel good about that. Um there were some really great things. And you know what? I do love Maureen. I feel she's not the most perfect person, but man, I love watching her figure stuff out and, yeah. and how she problem solves. I mean, I could just, you know, watch her all the time and, and how she, she figures things out and how smart she is. I really enjoy that. And I think she's a great, you know, um, great actress. I think her character is really great and I get a kick out of her. So there are some goods, you know, that I feel came out of this episode, but just, I wish, some of this had been better served um, and been given its due. So, yeah, usually like the the penultimate episode, you're really kind of like things are starting to fall in place. Mm-hmm. With this one, it felt like they were just kind of like, oh, and this is what everything is. Like, right? There was no payoff, if that makes sense. Like, there wasn't like it things does. building on top of each other. It was just, oh, well, here's the eight episodes. You could r- really just watch this episode and be pretty mm-hmm. well caught up. Yeah, it's. Yeah, I I don't think it was just played out as well as what it could have been, and that disappoints me. So I'm hoping for better. I have faith. You know, I've been pretty happy with most of you know the the prior episodes in the season so far. So I've got some hopes for for the final. I don't know how long that one is. I try not to look ahead too much, but but I'm excited. I'm I am excited for because it it, I think it will be interesting to at least see how it plays out, and you know, hopefully get rid of that damn Doctor Smith. Um, I feel like she makes the Robinsons look stupid. I'm like, yeah, yeah this family's so smart. You know, how, how, how are you letting this person manipulate you like that? And, and I guess it was kind of like Maureen kind of said it for all of us. Cause she's like, I think you're far from stupid. Yeah. If you, if you're able to, to do this, you know, and, and make me make you, you know, you're, you were part of our family. We let you in. And then if you're stupid, then what does that make me? And I'm kind of like, I know because you're <laughs> not stupid. You're so smart, Maureen. You should know I love better. She added on to that. She's like, well, I'm good at what I do. And then, uh, Maureen's like, oh, and I am too. And I'm a rocket scientist. Exactly. You're a rocket scientist. Damn it. 
but I do enjoy her. So I don't know. We will see. Did you, I don't really have any notes. We, we pretty much covered everything that I've wanted to talk about as far as notes. Did you have any other uh, additions to? Uh, I've got a couple. So um, I thought Will's outburst was kind of emotional when he was mm-hmm. going through that. Um, but then it was kind of a means to an end. It was just basically like, oh, the, the poop is there for us. <laughs> Um, the, the one thing I thought was, I I don't know if it was just a line or what it was, but when Judy's getting ready to leave, um, the one doctor is like, oh, your mom said to stay here. And she said very like, it was very like close up right at the camera. You know, it's like one of those things where they try to beat you over the head with it. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of like, well, good thing I take after my dad. And she left. Yeah. Now I think it's been alluded to that she's adopted. Judy. Or, yeah, Judy. Well, Judy, I, I, from what I gather, she is Maureen's biological daughter. And through some prior relationship, Maureen had her. And then John came along and they had Penny and Will. Okay. And, I was confused because I thought maybe it was the reverse. When she says, like, well, good thing I take, care, take after my dad was stating that, like, maybe... John was her biological dad and Maureen wasn't. Because I'm pretty sure that Judy said to Dawn, because she's like, uh, well, yeah, I'm a Robinson too. And he kind of looks at her with this confused look because they're, you know, John's kind of fair. He looks almost a little ginger mm-hmm. and Maureen looks almost a little ginger. They're they're pretty fair haired. And so when then you see Judy, who is beautiful, by the way, but clearly she's has some ethnicity to mm-hmm. her. Um, so he's kind of confused thinking, you know, when you look at, yeah. you know, he's the like, whole I've family. Seen Game of Thrones, like dark of hair yeah. and light of hair, something's. So, Clearly something's a little bit different here. And she's like, um, she had made, I can't remember exactly verbatim what she says, but she seems to imply that uh, Maureen had a prior relationship, whether it was a marriage or whatever, some prior relationship uh, before John came along and John sounds like probably adopted her. So I think that was kind of sweet because, you know, there's been a little bit of tension with Judy and John throughout the season a little bit and knowing that maybe that is not, Mm. at least from what I imply anyway, from what the earlier conversations that it's not his biological daughter um, that she's stating, well, it's a good thing I take after my dad. Yeah. That makes it a little bit more poignant to me anyway. So, and you know, one thing we didn't, I just remembered, I said I didn't have any notes and I guess I lied. I'm a big liar, liar, pants on fire this week, as long as a big Debbie Downer. Um, We didn't talk anything about Angela. What do you think about the whole thing with Angela and Will and what happened with Angela with, you know, I thought that was not played out as well either where, um, oh, sorry, I just tried to like kill your family or kill your dad that week. And that was like another, (laughs) like, oh, we got to tie this loose end real quick. And like, she's not a concern anymore. Cause I almost kind of forgot. I was like, oh yeah, you were the the chick that tried to kill everybody. Yeah. With with their PTSD and which is totally understandable. You can totally kind of see where she was at, but kind of out of line where she's sitting there pointing a gun at John and Will's right behind him and the robots in the room and probably was not the best way to handle that whole situation. But I mean, they kind of built it in there, but like, I think you could have had all that happen on the the planet, you know, like her husband, Right. die on the planet would have been more like uh, yeah it was bad on on the resolute but it was kind of like a quick thing but like if it was somewhat of like an accident almost mm-hmm. i think it would have had a little bit more like feeling to it right uh, i think she's a really good actor i just feel like i didn't yeah, i just, just 
not service to the story like so many exactly, others yeah. here in this in this episode. So I don't know. We'll see what happens moving forward. But anyway, uh, Doctor Smith else? had a few interesting things where she's kind of talking about like with with the robot, she'll have the power to stop running, and she can stop pretending and actually be herself. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wonder if it's a it's a situation where she's just in too deep to all these lies that she has to like build a lie on top of a lie. Um, yeah. So, so I'm kind of curious if that's what she's telling herself, like lying to herself that she's not going to use this power for evil. Um, but we'll see, I guess. You know, we've got an episode left. I'm kind of curious what, what she's going to do with all that power. I know. Now that she's got the robot in her grubby little hands. And I'm not happy. I'm curious to see how, how Will's going to react. How's he going to react mm. to the robot being under someone else's control? Uh, will the robot react? Will the robot have recognition of Will and that special relationship that they have? Ah! And I got to wait a whole damn week. Yeah. And my last note. Uh, we kind of mentioned it a little bit, but it's the old chicken distraction trick. <laughs> yes, old Debbie, lucky the Debbie. lucky charm came through <laughs> again. <laughs> How could I forget the lucky charm? Yes, Debbie. <laughs> but yeah, those are pretty much my notes. Awesome, good notes. All right, well, we we'll we'll change things around from all all the negativity I brought around. I'm glad that you remained positive for a lot of that to counteract all of that for me. So I appreciate it. Why well, um, last episode you were kind of like really big on it. You thought it was the best. Like I this was. one I thought was good because yeah. I thought like again it's like the potential. Like I I hate when I see things. I'm like oh my gosh like the potential you could do with just this little bit and spread it mm-hmm. out like fine cream cheese on a baguette baguette <laughs> baguette baguette bagel. Baguette. <laughs> Bagel. Let's be honest. I put it on toast and Ritz crackers. Don't judge me, people. We are white trash folks. We don't. <laughs> I, we're high class white trash. <laughs> yes, high class white trash folks. <laughs> and we're allowed to say that because it's true, or at least for me, it's true. Um, yeah, that's true. I know. I totally get it. Like, I, I, I've got hopes for for the ending. I'm hoping they can pull all this together and make us happy for the end. Cause I think we're going to have a long while to wait, I think until the next uh, season. So yeah, they've, they've announced it, but I know they've got a lot, a lot of stuff coming up. Stranger things. Oh, so Mirror. it hasn't been officially announced, but I think what the little whispers and rumors, cause I don't know spoilers or anything like that, but just little whispers and rumors. I heard it could be early 2020. Oh, wow. Yeah. For Will's the second season. Puberty. Think, yeah. Think of how those kids are going to grow. Um, yeah. I don't robots know. Robots going to be like all Will wants to do is hang out with the girls. He has no interest in robots anymore. No. Nope. Uh, welcome to puberty, um, <laughs> Will Robinson. But yeah, that's that's what I <laughs> danger, heard. Danger, Will Robinson. <laughs> Lots of danger, Will Robinson. Got puberty happening. So I don't know. I don't know when they're going to film, but that's when I've just heard whispers of when it might be released as early 2020. I thought, holy cow! Wow. Um, so we have we we've got some time there, folks. So anyway, we got a long way to wait, and hopefully they pull this off here in the end. But anyway, moving on. So before we jump into the rest of the podcast into news, we have a word from our second sponsor of the week. Oh, we've been talking about these guys for a while, Rima, and it is Laux Leatherworks. So it's coming down to the wire. Uh, like we said, we've got two episodes left, and that's where this promo code is going to be lasting. So it's Strange2018 if you go to www.etsy.com slash shop slash Leatherworks. 
You get $5 anything you buy. So this is a handcrafted. You can get belts, you can get wallets, or you can contact uh, D Laux at D Laux at LauxLeatherworks.com for any kind of custom order. So you want some custom leather pants, send him what you want and see if you can get it done. So that is Laux Leatherworks. Use the promo code STRANGE2018. You get $5 off anything you buy. Sweet. I could buy lots of things with that extra $5 you'd be saving. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Okay, so one news item this week is from Deadline.com. So we talked a little bit about Angela in our notes. So we'll be, we're going to be seeing more of her in the upcoming season of Lost in Space. Sabangili so, so Malambo, who recurred as the character in the first season of the Netflix drama series, has been promoted to regular for season two. Malambo appeared in five episodes in the first season. So I guess they really liked what she did and that she, her character is going to bring more um, to the story. So congratulations to you for being um, promoted to a regular. That's always a big deal, right? So, yeah. and she's interesting. I really like her. I think she's, she has a very beautiful look to her. I think she's a great, I think she did a great job with what she's given. So it'll be interesting to see her next season. All right, so let's go to our messages from the Resolute, some listener feedback. So this is an email, so it says, Hey guys, we got an info dump at the start of this podcast, so it seems the government covered up a UFO crash landing. Hmm, I bet it was the first time that's ever happened, huh, Roswell? <laughs> uh, taking the ship and the robot. I guess the robot is forgiven for attacking the Resolute. He was just escaping or taking back his ship. How do you feel about that? Oh, I guess I didn't realize that. I thought he was, like, attacking... To get, like he wasn't escaping; he was just trying to take back. Right, like, hey, that's mine. But I don't know. I, I don't know what the circumstances are. Hopefully, we'll find out yeah. the next episode. Get some clarification on what his uh, goal and mission was on the Resolute. Why did he turn hostile? Maybe we were hostile towards him first. Maybe we yeah. don't know. They're covering everything else up, right? So who knows? Uh, let's see. So also, I thought it kind of cool that Will never gave up hope that his dad was still alive when everyone wanted him to just move on. Will even got Penny to have hope. Then we got the payoff. He answered back. I thought this was one of the best scenes of the episode. Do you agree? Uh, I coined it my mm. cliche of the week. So it was kind of like I love whenever you get surprised when things happen. Like uh-huh. I was pretty much expecting like this was going to happen. Yeah. I mean, while I was super happy that we got confirmation that John, which I I don't know that there was really any doubt that I had that he wasn't going to be alive. Um, So I was happy that we got the confirmation. I just didn't feel it was played out the best way possible. So I'm not sure I would, in my opinion, would call it the best scene. That's just my opinion, though. I'm glad you enjoyed it, though. Uh, Penny steps up to the plate in this episode by saving VJ and getting him to man up and apologize for his behavior. She then denied his request with a private smile to hang out on the Resolute. She took back control of the relationship. Rima has opened up my eyes to the girl power. VJ is now on the bottom of the mating scale until Penny decides to move him up a notch. Do you agree? I agree to your comment about me opening up your eyes to girl power. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. Um, 
I, I liked that whole scene. I didn't mention it at all. So I'm glad that you brought it up that I can say a little something. I, I like how she did make him man up and kind of apologize for that. I said in my previous uh, comments when we were discussing the last episode, I thought that was a real shitty way that he handled that. And it's like, well, it's not like we were together, right? And it's like, wow, really? Oh, Maybe yeah. not. But that was kind of an insensitive douchebag comment, in my uh, opinion. I have had so many girls do that to me. Yeah, that's, that just wasn't cool. I felt like he could have handled that a little bit better. Now, I I don't know. I try to give some people some slack that maybe you're just very inexperienced in relationships. Maybe this is like your first, mm. maybe it wasn't a, a real relationship, but maybe your first ventures into a real relationship. So maybe you're a newbie and maybe, and but now you got schooled, which he deserved. And, uh, you know, I like that she didn't just, you know, be like, yeah, we can still hang out. It's like, nope, you know what? I'm I'm moving on. So good for you, Penny. So, last piece. So, my only complaint about this episode was the way Dr. Smith and the robot recovered. It was much too fast. I couldn't Mm -hmm. suspend my belief because Judy just gave Dr. Smith the knockout shot. Hugged her mom and told her Will had saved the day with an idea. They proceeded to the chariot and find Dr. Smith awake with the robot. All this in one or two minutes tops. How could the doctor recover so fast? And how did she gain control of the robot? What are your thoughts? Well, and, I think we gave a lot of our thoughts. Yeah, I agree. And this came from Darnell's, this email. But yeah, it's, yep. it did seem kind of like I was expecting them to drive off and the robot come to and then her come to and be like episode 10 is like where she comes and attacks him with the robot. Yeah, I, I feel this could have been played out a little bit better. I did not buy the fact that Judy knocked her out and then she's back up again with like no after effects. Like I said, she didn't look sleepy or groggy or anything. Wasn't buying it. So I didn't really like that. I thought they could have done a lot better. So I hope that answers all of your questions, Darnell. Thank you to you and to everyone else that writes in and gives us feedback on our Facebook page, Twitter page, sends us great emails and voicemails. You can send us those voicemails. Steve, uh, our good good buddy Steve does it a lot. You can, if you have an Apple iPhone, you've got that cool voice memo app. Just record your message on that. If you don't like what you said, if you feel like you messed up or fumbled, you can record it again um, and then email it to us. I love getting voicemails from you guys. And again, the prerequisite, if you listen to this podcast and you have um, an accent of any sort... (laughs) You are kind of required at least one time to send us in um, a voicemail because I totally uh, dig the accents. So thanks, everyone, for your feedback and taking the time to write into us. We truly appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, everybody. All right, so next week we'll be covering the 10th and final episode from Lost in Space, season one, titled Danger, Will Robinson. So the Robinson family scrambles to launch from the Lost Planet stage an impossible rescue, and reach the Resolute before it leaves orbit for good. Unfortunately, some have other plans. Dum, dum, dum. I bet they're going to leave us with a big-ass cliffhanger, and it's going to piss me off. They're going to be like, the robot was Dr. Smith the whole time. They're going to like do a Scooby-Doo reveal. They're going to peel <laughs> off the... <laughs> Dr. Smith's going to be like, I would have got away if it wasn't for you kids. And then, like, they pull off her mask and she's a robot. Pesky dog. Um, well, we're really excited for you to join us on Jupiter 2 while traveling through space. You can follow us on Twitter at Strange TCast. You can like us on Facebook at www.facebook.com slash Stranger TCast. And you can check us out on Instagram at Strange underscore Indeed underscore Pod. You can email us uh, feedback or voice message at Stranger Things Cast 
pod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the TV Time app. You can find Strange Indeed and a bunch of other great podcasts like The Walking Deadcast at podcastica.com. Go out and leave a review for Strange Indeed or any of the other great podcastica podcasts on Apple Podcast. And make sure to check out Sean and his other podcast, The Language of Bromance, that comes out every Sunday. And we have so much podcast news because talking oh, about, yes. speaking of other podcasts, we'd love for you to go to podcastawards.com and nominate Language of Bromance for the podcast award in the comedy category and Strange Indeed for the podcast award for TV and film. Oh my gosh, Sean, I'm so excited. I am. So the voting is going on right now. So you go in, you register, you vote for Strange Indeed for TV and film. You throw a vote for Language of Bromance for the podcast award for comedy. And there's also the People's Choice, which we know the People's Choice is strange indeed. Yes. So make sure you throw those nominations and what they do is at the end of the month, if you've got enough nominations, you become part of the slate, which is the next level of these. And this is the award that uh, uh, Jason from Walking Deadcast won a few years ago. So yes, we want to bring the second podcast award to Podcastica. Yes, that would be such a huge uh, win for Sean and I. We would be so honored and going out and voting for Language of Bromance and helping us bring a second um, award to Podcastica Network. It would be amazing. And I know Sean will put this in the show notes, uh, provide that link yeah. for you so you can go out and do that. We, You guys have shown us so much love. If you want to give us just a little bit more, um, I'd be forever grateful. All right. Well, that's our show. Episode 44, Resurrection. Until next time, I'm Rima. And I'm Sean. And Ricardo Ringel is strange indeed. Back up. Yeah.